Happy Mother's Day, moms. We all know that motherhood is not only rewarding, it can be very challenging. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld made this observation about motherhood. He said, having a two-year-old is like having a blender, but you don't have the top for it. Interesting picture, isn't it? And Tony Kornheiser from ESPN Sports said this about the challenge of parenting teens. He said, I think the dilemma of being a 13-year-old girl is best summed up by the book titled, I hate you and wish you would die, but first, can you please drive me to the mall? <laughs> this morning, I'm really thankful for all the moms and grandmothers and great-grandmothers who are here. There are physical mothers because they've given birth to children and those who are spiritual mothers because they've helped others understand what it means to follow Jesus. And my goal today is very simple. I want to encourage all the moms, all the special ladies that God has brought into our lives. And let me be quick to add, this message is not just for moms. The message today is for everyone because we're going to be addressing something that we all have, feelings. Now, guys, I can already see it in your eyes. Don't check out because real men have feelings. Um, everybody has feelings because we're made in the image of God. God has feelings, and what we do with our feelings is very important, not just for us, but for the people that God brings into our lives. And for you guys who are married or guys who will someday be married or guys with a girlfriend, uh, let me add this as well. I hope the message today helps you better understand the feelings that your wife or a girlfriend has so that you can be better equipped to encourage that special lady that God has brought into your life. Now, when it comes to motherhood, we know that there are all kinds of feelings that moms experience. There's the joy of seeing a newborn baby come into the world, the peace of holding a child while they're sleeping in your arms. There's the love that wells up in a mother's heart as she looks into the face of her child. The excitement of hearing those first words or seeing those first steps. We all know that mothers are no strangers to some wonderful feelings. And we all know this as well, that mothers are no strangers to some feelings that are less than wonderful. Because even though being a mom is a wonderful calling, it also is very challenging. And so today I want to do this. I want to focus on some of those challenging emotions and how God wants us to handle them. So let's begin with a part of the Bible that could be considered a life verse for some moms. Here it is from Psalm 61. I cry to you, God, for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Moms, dads, everybody, whenever we feel overwhelmed, God invites us to cry out to him for help. And so that brings us to the first point on your outline this morning, which is simply this. When you feel overwhelmed, remember God's partnership. When you feel overwhelmed, remember God's partnership. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is actually an invitation by Jesus and it really speaks about our partnership with him. And this is from Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and here's the promise, I will give you rest. But we have to do something. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are writings outside of the Bible that indicate that Jesus was the best yoke maker in all of Palestine. Remember, he was a carpenter. And he was a great yoke maker because he would make a yoke that fit an animal perfectly. And he had to take measurements to do that. 
And I was thinking as I was working on the message that Jesus knows exactly the right yoke for you and for me. It's custom designed. And that yoke is really a symbol of our partnership with Christ. And the way that a yoke would work back in Bible times is that two animals would be yoked together. One was a novice and one was experienced. And the experienced animal would set the pace and, and determine the direction that the two of them would go. And that's really what Jesus wants to do in our lives as well. He wants us to be yoked to him so that he can determine the direction and the pace at which we live. And look at this verse. This is actually our verse of the week from Psalm 55. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. And by the way, who do you think has stronger shoulders? You or God? Pretty obvious, isn't it? God does. And he says, listen, when life is overwhelming, come to me. Let me carry your burdens. Now, as we think about this idea of being overwhelmed, I remember seeing a poster in an office one day that said this, God put me here on earth to accomplish a certain number of things, and right now I'm so far behind, it looks like I'll never die. Moms, do you ever feel overwhelmed because you have too much to do and not enough time to do it? God wants you to come to him. And listen, when you feel like that, it's important to pray and say, God, what is it that you want me to do right now? God, what is your priority? And I think about what Jesus said as he comes to the end of his life. He prays and he says, Father, I thank you that I've completed all the work you've given me to do. How did he do that? He came to his father and said, what are your priorities? And moms, you can do that too. You can come to God and say, God, what is it that you want me to accomplish today? What is your priority for me as a, as a mom and as a wife? And look at this verse. This is really encouraging. It says, our lives get in step with God Notice this, by letting him set the pace. Because if you let God set the pace, God's not going to push you faster than you can go, and he's not going to have you lag behind. God wants you to walk in step with his spirit. And that's how we experience his power and his peace in our lives. Well, moms, here's another encouragement for you. This is on your outline as well. When you feel like a failure, remember God's grace. When you feel like a failure, remember God's grace. David Letterman said this one time, he said, Mother's Day is the day we honor the woman we blame for all of our personal problems. You know, one of the challenges of, <clears throat> of motherhood is, is simply this, dealing with the fear of failure. You know, what if I mess up as a mom? What if my kids make bad choices? You know, what if I let my emotions get out of control? And when it comes to this fear of failure, I can think of several times that a mom may feel like a failure. And here's the first, and this is on your outline, you may feel like a failure because you failed. There are times when a mom might lose it with her kids, <clears throat> a time when a mom might lose it with her husband, a time when a mom might lose it with her husband and her kids at the same time. There are all kinds of ways that we fail. Isn't that true? Every single one of us. Now, what do you do when you fail? Well, you remember God's grace because this partnership with Jesus, being yoked to Jesus, involves receiving God's grace. I love the verse in John chapter 1 where John is describing Jesus and he says that Jesus came from the Father full of truth and grace. And because of his love for us, Jesus tells us the truth. He says, here, you've failed. You've disobeyed your Father's commands. But he also quickly gives us his grace and says, but there is forgiveness there is a freedom because I love you so much and we're reminded of that in this verse in Ephesians as Ephesians chapter 2 God saved you by his what by his grace 
when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. So let me ask you this. How many of you in this room have ever failed? Yeah, we all have. And the Bible says this, that our failure, our, our inability to obey God, to love him with all of our heart and mind and strength and soul, to love our neighbor as ourself, is called sin. And the Bible says that sin separates us from a holy God, a just God, who can't just look the other way. And we talk about this all the time in our church, the bad news and the good news. And the bad news involves two problems that we can't solve. And what's the first problem we have, church? It's sin. And what does sin lead to? What's the natural consequence? It's death, this eternal separation from God. But what is God's solution to our sin? It's forgiveness. And that forgiveness is made possible because the story of redemption is an incredible story where God the Father sends God the Son to earth in the person of Jesus. And Jesus, this is, this is an amazing thing. He never fails. He always loves perfectly. And because of his perfect life, he's able to lay down his life in exchange for ours. He is willing to die in our place on the cross. And that's what happens. Jesus allows himself to be arrested and beaten and crucified. And on the cross, God's willing to do this, to put our sin on Jesus and punish him in our place. And this, this wrath of God against our sin and against us as sinners is poured out on Jesus, and he dies for us. And then God raises him back to life, and Jesus says, hey, I want you to have a new life. I want you to come and admit that you're a sinner and believe that I died for your sins and that I came back to life. And when you do, you'll have the life that God always wanted you to have. Now, let me ask you this. When you become a Christian, do you ever fail after that? Well, of course. We all do. So what do we do? We get up and we go back to God again and again. And we ask God for his grace and his strength to live a life that pleases him. And so moms, during those times when you have failed, God wants you to come to him and receive his grace. But there's another time when moms may feel like a failure. And this is on your outline as well. You may feel like a failure because you've compared yourself to a false standard of success. You can feel like a failure because you've compared yourself to a false standard of success. Our culture often gives us this idealized image of motherhood, the woman who can perfectly balance a full-time job and a full-time family, a mom who's always there, who meets every need of her husband, every need of her children, the mom whose house is spotless, the woman who is fit, fashionable, and fabulous. I like what one writer said about this cultural ideal of motherhood. He said, according to, uh, to many sources, motherhood in America, listen to this, resembles Martha Stewart on steroids. You know, the Bible paints a very different picture, a realistic, authentic picture of motherhood and its challenges. For example, Ruth in the Bible was left childless and widowed at an early age. Hannah, Rachel, Sarah, these are women who all dealt with infertility. And then there was Eve, the first mother in the Bible, whose son actually killed his brother. And then you have Mary, the mother of Jesus, who saw her son suffer in incredible ways. Listen, in the Bible, we see moms who struggle with trusting God. We see moms whose kids struggle with trusting God. And the moms in this book have lives that don't always look like the, the cover of a Hallmark card. And church, I'm really thankful that this book is so honest. I mean, when you read about families in the Bible, you see some really dysfunctional families. And sometimes reading about those families makes us feel better about our own. 
Because the families in the Bible here, they need, they need Dr. Phil, Dr. Laura, Dr. Spock, Dr. Seuss. They need all the help they can get. And you know what? That's true of us, isn't it? That we need God's help because life can be really, really hard, really, really challenging. And I was thinking about this when it comes to motherhood. You know, sometimes motherhood is disrupted by divorce. And some of you have been there. Sometimes motherhood is lost through a miscarriage or the death of a child. And sometimes motherhood is entirely redefined when you have a special needs child. And moms, let me say this to encourage you. There are no perfect families. There are no perfect marriages. There are no perfect kids. And there are no perfect moms. But God can and does use imperfect people like us to accomplish his perfect plans. And that's what the stories in this book remind us of. And so moms and dads, be encouraged today because God can use you despite your, your weaknesses, despite the wounds that you have from the past, despite your failures and your, and your flaws. God can use you to make an incredible difference in the lives of your children. This morning, I've asked Jeff Dunn, our worship leader, to, to play a song along with the worship team that he wrote a number of years ago and it's called Treasure in My Life. And we hope this song encourages all you moms. Let's listen. Thank you, Jeff and worship team. Moms, here's another source of encouragement. This is on your outline as well, number three. When you feel confused, um, how many of you moms have ever been confused? Yeah, that's kind of a universal thing, isn't it? When you feel confused, remember God's guidance. Remember God's guidance. There was a little boy named Johnny, and his mom had put him to bed over and over again, and she was running out of patience. And she said to him, Johnny, if I hear you say mommy one more time, you will be punished. Well, little Johnny was quiet for a few minutes, and then his mom hears this voice from upstairs. Mrs. Jones, can I have a glass of water? <laughs> Moms, have you ever been confused about how to handle discipline with your kids? Ever, ever wonder, hey, should I say yes or no? As a mom, have you ever wondered, should I step right into this situation or should I step out? Where do you go when you're confused? Well, I can tell you this. Um, I have never been a mom, but I have been co-parenting beside a mom for decades. And we have gone to this book, God's book to search out principles to help us as parents. And moms, this is the best place you can go. And I want to show you a verse. This is from the book of Deuteronomy. And it says this. This is actually Moses talking to parents. And he says this. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. And I think in these verses, we see what you might call the bigger picture of motherhood. And the bigger picture is really this, that moms, God is shaping your heart. And there's no doubt about that. But he does that through the relationships you have in your family. And, and I know this when it comes to marriage, that, that so often the person that shapes your heart more than anyone else is the person you're married to. Isn't that true? And, and as a parent, I know that my kids have shaped my hearts and that I've had the privilege of shaping their hearts. And moms, I want you to realize that, that God is shaping your kids right alongside you. And so when it's really tough, you know, when the kids are just kind of bonkers or maybe your husband just doesn't get it or it doesn't seem like he cares or maybe you're just so lonely, realize that through all of that, God's at work and he's shaping your heart. 
And when you're confused about what to do, you can go to him. Look at this promise. This is actually from the book of Proverbs. It says this, I will guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Here's one final encouragement for moms. When you feel discouraged, remember God's power. Whenever you feel discouraged, remember God's power. One of the best Mother's Day stories in the Bible is about a woman named Sarah, and she's married to a a guy named Abraham. And many of you know this story, that God comes to Abraham, and he establishes a covenant with Abraham, and he says, listen, I'm going to make you the father of of just a great nation. You're going to have so many descendants, so many kids and grandkids and great-grandchildren, you will not be able to count them all. And of course, there's just one problem. And the problem is that his wife, Sarah, is 65 years old and she's never gotten pregnant, never had any kids. And so I, I can't even imagine the conversations that took place between Abraham and Sarah because Abraham is 75 when God comes to him and makes his promise. And so they probably were thinking, well, you know, this is kind of a stretch, but who knows, maybe next year it'll happen. Well, one year goes by, and then five years, and then 10 years, and then finally 25 years have gone by. Now, can you imagine that? Waiting for 25 years, and how old is Sarah by now? Yeah, she's 90 years old, and then finally God sends a message and says, listen, um, next year is going to be the year. Next year you're going to have a child. And how does Sarah respond when she hears this? She laughs, and you know, I can't say I blame her. You know, it's pretty ludicrous. God, are you serious? And how does God respond to Sarah's laughter? This is in the book of Genesis chapter 18. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? And notice the question that God poses here. Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's a powerful question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And then the promise, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And she does. And what does she name that little boy? Do you know? His name is Isaac. And you know what the name Isaac means? Laughter. How appropriate. The little boy that brought laughter into their lives. And moms, listen, I don't know all the challenges that you're facing today. You know, you could be feeling lonely or tired or discouraged. You could feel like you just have too much to do and you can never get it all done. Maybe you've got issues with your kids or your in-laws or your husband or whatever, but I do know this, that God wants you to hear that question that he asked Sarah. Is anything, anything in your life too hard for the Lord? I was thinking this morning as we were praying, our staff gets together at 8 o'clock and we pray for the service, we pray for all of you. And we were standing in a circle, we're holding hands, and my wife, Chris, is standing next to me, I'm holding her hand, and she's praying for me, as she does every Sunday morning. And she prayed um, a prayer that I especially appreciated today. She said, God, um, please help Dudley with this message. I know it's really hard, because he's never been a mom before. (laughs) And that's true. I never have. But I have seen a most incredible mom, um, parent beside me for many, many years that I deeply love and respect and admire. And, you know, church, as I look out at all of you this morning, um, I know many of your stories, um, the stories about your families and, and even your moms. And it is a difficult message because of the fact that some of you this morning, um, have lost your moms. Some of you may have lost your mom fairly recently. And so this morning is, it's a difficult day. There's a, 
kind of a bitter sense, a bittersweet sense of emotion because you miss your mom. You wish you could just sit down and have one more conversation, hold her hand and maybe take her to lunch, but you can't. And others of you this morning, um, you know, maybe you've never been able to have a child or maybe you wanted more children and it just never worked out. And so there's this kind of empty place in your heart. Or maybe this is a situation. I know this is true for some families here in our church. There's just, there's tension in the family. You know, maybe it's between you as a mother and your children, or maybe it's between you and your mom, and, and you wish you could just go back in time and do things differently, hoping that maybe there would be a different outcome. Whatever your situation is, I want you to know this. There's somebody who loves you more than your own mother. Somebody who knows everything about you, stuff your mother doesn't know, and he loves you anyway. And that person is God. And God loves you so much that he allowed his son to come and, and lay down his life for you. And this morning, Jesus still issues that invitation, come to me, accept my partnership, and I will help you address all of the challenges and pressures and problems in your life. I will bring you my joy and my peace. And that's my hope for every mom who's here today. I'd like to close with a story. This is um, one of my favorite stories, and I shared this with my wife a number of years ago. And it's been a source of encouragement to both of us, and so I hope that it encourages you. It's about a mom. Her name was Monica. And Monica grew up in a moderately wealthy family. She was actually raised by a nanny. And that nanny led her to faith in Christ. And so Monica became a very strong believer, but her parents decided that they were going to arrange her marriage and so they chose this man to be her husband, and he was not a believer. And so after the marriage, Monica would just pray and pray and pray that her husband would, would become a follower of Jesus, but it, it didn't seem to be happening. And then they started having children. And there was one son in particular that seemed like he was so promising. He was really, really bright. Um, they sent him to school. He had a great education. But then her son that she loved so dearly began doing things that were just breaking her heart. He was going out and drinking with his friends. He, he actually moved in with this woman who wasn't his wife. They had a baby together. And Monica just, she cried out to God again and again, God, please, please save my son. Capture his heart with your love. Well, a number of years went by and her husband died. But the remarkable thing is that before her husband passed away, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And so Monica continued to pray, this time for all of her kids, but in particular for her son that she loved so dearly. Well, her son moved to Italy, and he accepted a teaching position there, and Monica moved to Italy with him. And she kept praying every night, God, please rescue my son. Please, please let him surrender his life to Jesus. And what happened in Italy is that her son developed a friendship with a pastor there. And then on one Easter morning, her son was in church, and this wasn't usual for him to be in a Sunday service, but during that church service on Easter morning, he heard the gospel. And God captured his heart with his incredible love, and he surrendered his life to Christ. He was about 33 years old when his mother died. And he wrote a book about his mom, about his life, about his relationship with Jesus that has become a Christian classic. And the title of the book is this, The Confessions of St. Augustine. You see, that boy that was so wayward, who was so far from God, who his mother prayed for night after night was the St. Augustine, the one who lived in the fourth century, the one who was a pastor 
and the teacher who influenced the leaders of the Protestant Reformation, whose influence is still felt in the church today. And in that book, The Confessions of St. Augustine, he has a question that he raises. And this question has been a source of encouragement to moms and I believe to dads for hundreds of years. He writes about the fact that his mother would never give up, that she prayed over and over that he would become a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is the question that he pins in that book, The Confessions of St. Augustine. How could a child of so many tears ever be lost? How could a child of so many tears, a mother's tears, ever be lost? Let's pray. Father, what an incredible story that is about the faithfulness of a mom who, who prayed for his son. And Lord, I know that many moms here are praying that prayer right now for their children, that their children would know Jesus and follow Jesus and love Jesus. And God, I pray this morning along with them that you would hear and honor those prayers. God, there are grandmothers here who continue to pray for their children and their grandchildren. And God, I pray that you would honor those prayers. Lord, I thank you that I, myself, have been the recipient of those prayers. And Lord, I believe that, that so many things in my life and this ministry that you've entrusted to me are because of the faithful prayers of others in my life. And in particular, the prayers of my mom. And so God, today, we are just so incredibly thankful for your love. And Lord, I want to pray this to you. If maybe someone here today has never understood the, the grace that you have, never understood what it means to follow Jesus, I pray that today they would simply come to you and say, God, I want to follow Jesus. I know that I've, God, I've blown it. You know, I've, I've failed, I've sinned, and I need a Savior. And I believe Jesus died for my sins, and I want to give my life to him. God, I know you always honor that prayer. And on this Mother's Day, God, I pray that all the moms here would just feel really surrounded by your love, that they would feel encouraged. And Lord, especially today, for the moms who are just struggling, the moms who are feeling discouraged. I pray that as they listen to this last song that they would remember, God, that all of us would remember that you are our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. For we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.